Hello everyone, I'm Zachary Wolf, a senior writer for CNN Politics. I'm in for David Chalian. I write the What Matters newsletter here at CNN. David is out until March, so please be prepared to hear from some new voices like mine on the podcast in the coming weeks. This is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Thursday, February 17th, 2022. Information warfare. Far from a de-escalation, the standoff between Russia and the United States over Ukraine feels more tense every day. The White House has accused Russia of conducting Potemkin diplomacy. It's a reference to the 18th century Russian Potemkin villages built only of facades without anything behind them. The idea here is that Russia is making stuff up. Russia claims to be trying to defuse the situation and pulling back, but the U.S. is seeing evidence to the contrary. The U.S. government continues to warn Russia could launch what it calls a false flag attack, something essentially to justify an invasion of Ukraine. Possible false flag scenarios include claims by Russia of provocation in the Donbass region, a claim of NATO activity in land or air, or claims of an incursion into Russian territory. It could also include false claims about mass graves, chemical or biological weapons activity, guerrilla activity, or genocide. Secretary of State Antony Blinken went to the United Nations Thursday and told the Security Council that Russia is laying the groundwork to justify starting a war and preparing to launch an attack on Ukraine in the coming days. Blinken made clear the U.S. is trying to prevent a war and not start one. We've been warning the Ukrainian government of all that is coming. And here today, we are laying it out in great detail with the hope that by sharing what we know with the world, we can influence Russia to abandon the path of war and choose a different path while there's still time. Blinken is now en route to Munich for a global security conference on Friday and end of the weekend. Also there is Vice President Kamala Harris. She's going to meet with Ukraine's president, Vladimir Zelensky. The international situation is very much in flux, but the domestic politics of the Russia-Ukraine situation are for now sounding relatively unified. Republicans have been supportive of President Biden and his effort to stand up to Putin without committing U.S. troops. Here's Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell talking about Biden's speech earlier this week. He was right to emphasize that the world will not shrug or stand idly by if Vladimir Putin tries to invade his neighbor or redraw the map of Europe through deadly force. I'm hopeful that President Biden will rise to the occasion. That wasn't all. McConnell said the president would have overwhelming bipartisan support to use his existing executive authorities for tough sanctions against Russia in the event of a conflict. But there's a difference between bipartisan agreement and actual bipartisan action. There had been a bipartisan effort to pass a new slate of sanctions against Russia in advance of a potential invasion, but it's been delayed and it likely won't pass before a possible invasion the reason for that is because Congress, both the House and the Senate, are scheduled to be out of session next week. Some of the sticking points over a sanctions bill include differences over how to address the Nord Stream 2 natural gas pipeline, which Russia wants to install around Ukraine to pump natural gas into Germany, and there are differences over how to punish Russian bankers. Without that bipartisan sanctions bill, senators were looking to pass a resolution of unity against Russia's aggression, but fell short of that too. Instead, they issued a statement which didn't require unanimous agreement. Democrats argue the differences between them and Republicans over a sanctions bill are largely technical. Here's Senator Tim Kaine of Virginia. 
we actually have agreed on the package. It's just that we had a different view on what should trigger the sanction. Should we do it before an invasion or should we wait for an invasion? But both sides are together, Democrat and Republican, on what we will do. Republicans, meanwhile, showed a little bit of independence this week. On Thursday, they introduced their own sanctions bill. Democrats slammed the move as political posturing since it includes a lot of the same things that were in the bipartisan proposal that didn't get passed. You'll like this. The Republican bill is called the Never Yielding Europe's Territory Act, N-Y-E-T, NYET. Get it? That's Russian for no. It would mandate sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 project without a waiver if Russians should invade. The bill would sanction Putin's, quote, cronies, enablers, and major banks, end quote, and it would provide $500 million in foreign military financing for Ukraine. Republicans like Senator Jim Risch say if there is an invasion, a bipartisan sanctions bill will pass quickly. There are steps the White House is taking even without a sanctions package. Blinken announced a billion dollars in loan guarantees for Ukraine. He's also going to double U.S. funding for military exercises in Europe and create a new State Department foreign military financing program for Eastern Europe to help European allies strengthen their own defensive capabilities. There will be plenty of time for Republicans and Democrats to eventually come together on Russia and Ukraine and possible sanctions for Russia. And that's because, as NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg said today, the West will have to live, on some level, with this more aggressive Russia for a long time to come. But regardless of whether uh, Russia uh, invades Ukraine or not, what we have seen so far, I'm afraid, uh, represents a new normal, because uh, what we have seen is that Russia has been willing to amass a large number of combat-ready troops to try to intimidate uh, and threaten uh, Ukraine, but also try to threaten NATO allies. That's it for today's political briefing. I'm Zachary Wolf, and thanks so much for listening. If you want more of me and my political analysis, subscribe to the What Matters newsletter, where we try to connect the dots at this time of political, cultural, and economic upheaval. And please take a moment to be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.